Let's play. Throughout Europe, but I've seen this in the United States as well. People are taking pictures of anything and everything. Now, I grew up. I'm I'm old. Yes, I know that. I know that. And taking pictures when you had a roll of uh, you used to have a roll of 24 pictures, maybe 36 pictures. You you were very discerning about what you took pictures of. The pandemonium going on out on the streets is not to be believed. People are taking pictures of anything and everything. How many times have sat in a restaurant and seen somebody, and they're mainly young people, take pictures of their food? Not somebody with their food, not people at the table with the food, just of the food. What are they doing with that? Somebody told me that they, they, it's posted on Instagram and people want to see your food. I mean, I can see if it's something unique. Like there used to be a an ice cream place uh, when I was a kid called Jan's in Rockville Center. And they had their biggest ice cream dish was called the kitchen sink. It was literally this huge silver bowl that had a scoop of every type of ice cream. And they were like one of those Baskin Robbins type places, a gazillion flavors. Every type of ice cream in there, every type of topping, everything, every fruit, everything. It's called the kitchen sink. All right. I can see that being photo worthy. But people are taking pictures of their entire meal. A, is your life that useless? B, is so little going on in your world that that's all you can take pictures of that people might be interested in? For God's sakes, man, do something. I mean, I really want to know the answer. I mean, do people look at this stuff when it's posted? Do they show their friends later on, oh, and here's my meal. This is what I had for dinner last night when I was out with my friends. It's a steak, peppercorn sauce. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm willing to learn. I want to be educated. And... Now, this is not, please do not take this as racist in any way, because I am the farthest thing from a racist. But stereotypes are based in truth. And and I'm really, again, I I love answers. So, you know, I've I've got an email address, SnyderComments at gmail.com. Twitter, SnyderComments, at at SnyderComments. I love the, if you have the answers, I really want to be educated. I want to understand. I'm old, but I want to know know what's going on. I want to be with it, man. 
But the Asians are the most guilty of this taking pictures of anything and everything. They always have. I'm sorry, this, this may seem like a generalization, but it is based on observation. Okay? I'm not just saying it for the sake of saying it. I'm not saying it for the sake of mocking. I'm not saying it to put down an Asian community. I am just saying it as a as a, an educated observation, and I really would like to know what the answer is. Inspiring this, and this has been going on since before iPhones. Uh, you know, I've watched people, Asian people, and that's a generalization as well. I, I mean, it could be specifically Chinese or Japanese. I don't know. I'm sorry. I, I don't know the subtle differences between the different populations. You know, we're all round eyes to them anyway. But I've seen them taking pictures with real cameras. And I'm going back, you know, it's back in time now. But just, it's always just snapping pictures. Not with people in it, just of things. And it's not, and, and sometimes it's something significant. Yeah, but a lot of times it's just something haphazard. Something catches catch can. Now, what's inspiring this is I'm, I'm I, you know, I'm on a, um, a vacation uh, performing run and I am in uh, where Florence, Italy. All right. And my wife and I went out for gelato last night. And I was standing online, and this gelato place is, is like, you know, one of the best places in town. And I'm standing online, and I'm uh, looking, you know, and, and I'm waiting, and in front of me is uh, a, a few Asian girls. So I've got to experience the Asian photographing ex- uh, experience. That's I used experience twice in the same sentence, but you know what I mean. Um, uh firsthand in that I was looking over her shoulder and seeing what she was taking pictures of. Now, when I tell you it's anything and everything, it was just that. We're online and she took a picture of the sign of the store. All right. Maybe it's, you know, uh, uh, maybe it's a famous store. Then she took a picture of, of the people she took picture of uh, the window. She took pictures. I was watching. There wasn't like real rhyme or reason. There was a couple times she took pictures of her friends. A couple. But she is just merrily, the entire time we're online, snapping away. When we finally get up to the case and she's in front of me, she's taking pictures of the ice cream case. And... The woman's going, can I help you? Can I help you? And she is just so busy snapping shots of the ice cream in the case that the woman just jumps. They, they, the person serving says, sir, what do you want? And they just jump right over because she's just in a, in a trance. And I want to know, what do you do with those pictures? Do you sort through them and find a, a good one? Do you composite them? Do you Instagram them all? Do, do you show them to people later on? Say, last night we went for gelato, and in this series of photos, you can see the long line we're on, and there's the storefront, and here's the back of my friend's head. Here's my friend, her face. She's making a face. Here's the ice cream we were buying. Here's when I paid the money. What? Who wants to see that?
are the are young people interested in looking at that shit? You're taking pictures. Is it for you? Is it for your friends? Is it for you to remember? And, and I'm all about having some memories. You know, pictures are great for memories. But what the hell is that a memory of? And if you're doing it every time you go someplace, are, is that event so important in your life that it needs to be documented that thoroughly? Please. For the love of God, somebody tell me. Uh, really, uh, this is not, I'm not, I, I yes, I am mocking, but I want to know. What am I missing out on? I mean, I've got an iPhone, and I've got, you know, the cloud. I've got all that stuff. So theoretically, I could be just firing off pictures and, and, and saying, taking pictures of everything. Should I be? Am I missing out? Is it something? Is, is it a contest? Am I missing out on something? Uh, you know, um, I mean, quite honestly, to me, I don't like taking pictures because – while I'm looking through the lens or sizing the thing up in on the screen and, and you know and doing all that kind of stuff, I'm kind of missing the action. I mean, I'll take some for sure. But for the most part, I just want to take it in and try to remember it and the sense of it. Because nine times out of ten, nobody looks at those pictures beside me later on anyway. So having a handful of shots is good, but I, I don't know. So... Snyder comments at gmail.com or at Snyder comments at Twitter. If you know the answer, please enlighten me. I'm an old dog, but I can learn new tricks and I really want to understand. All right. Yeah. So Snyder comments. I am in Florence, Italy. I am uh, traveling around with my wife, Suzette and, uh, you know, I don't want to give you a. I mean, I I don't want to give you a, a travelogue, um, but I will give you some snapshots on, on things. Um, there are countries that you uh, don't expect much from, and you're blown away, like Budapest in Hungary. Stunned, stunned by the the art and the architecture and and the way things have been renovated and kept. We saw, my wife and I, we, we saw this one church. And my wife goes, oh, this must be a new church. And I said, it's not a new church. No one builds churches like this anymore, you know, with all of the, 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 the intense uh, decorating and, and attention to detail. I said, this is an old church. She goes, but it looks brand new. But that's how they restore it. That's how, how much attention they give there. Now, Florence, Italy, I've heard from so many people, is that it's like amazing, 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 amazing. And quite honestly, it's a bit of a disappointment. I mean, it's old, but a lot of cities are old, and that's but uh, but it's it's kind of run down and kind of dirty and and crowded, and it's unimpressive. When I've you know been in other countries and I've seen the way they care for their history and the effort they put into preserving it and presenting it. So um, this is not a slight on Italy. Uh, my wife and I have had some great times in Italy. Um, and matter of fact, we're, the Amalfi Coast is one of our favorite places in the world. We were there a couple of years ago, and we're going back for more because it's just the Positano and, and, and the surrounding uh, cities are just so amazing that we've got, we just can't get enough of it. But, you know, you, 
I guess also to a certain degree of hype. Like Venice was cool. Really like Venice. Um, really just, it's like, you know, a lot of places you go, you say, well, this could kind of be almost anywhere. There's no place like Venice. But Florence, you know, the Duomo, uh, if that's how you pronounce it, uh, the huge cathedral is just mind-numbingly, insanely big and crazy, beautiful, but dirty. Uh, but for the most part, Florence hasn't been all that great. So there's things I want to talk about on, the, on today's show, a few things. I mean, last week, was it last week? Uh, I released Helen back as a download, free download. Um, there's been some, uh, uh, you know, I want to talk about that, about the reaction to that, about um, about what the song means itself as far as what I'm trying to do with that. Uh, I'll be clearer when we, when we come back in a few minutes. Um, politicians, uh, in particular Donald Trump, use We're Not Gonna Take It as his song at a recent uh, campaign stop. And people are asking me about that, and I have something to say about that subject. Ah, got email. No, I'm not checking my email. I just didn't have the freaking thing muted. Sorry. Um. And uh, and also, I want to talk about, uh, I don't know what the word is these days for people that talk shit on social media. I like shit talkers. Wasn't that a movie with Nicolas Cage, Shit Talkers? Um, and uh, and, and I, I, I saw somebody, uh, it was Ultimate Classic Rock Magazine, um, asked a question like, How, what do you think of Dee Snyder's new song? And... Some of the things that were said, I mean, if I wasn't so busy laughing, I'd be trying to hunt these motherfuckers down. Um, but uh, there's, I just want to talk a little bit also about this uh, society of uh, secret assassins, you know, uh, people sitting in their rooms uh, insulated by the Internet and technology and uh, have it, feeling they've got the right and the freedom to say – and express anything they want. Uh, I'd like to talk about that as well. So, going to take a break. Uh, come back, and I'll start diving into some of these subjects. And again, if you got answers on this whole uh, this is this excessive photo taking thing, I really want to know. But honestly, people, if that's taking pictures of your food or taking pictures of every step of a mundane experience i'm sorry getting gelato at the best gelato place in florence italy is a mundane experience the gelato was excellent but it's not worthy of a photo essay so if i'm missing something please let me know i'll be back so i'm a huge fan of the rock the wrestler the actor the man very cool guy. And I like to read anything I can. Well, Men's Health Magazine, a magazine I've been reading for a long time, had a great article called Dwayne Johnson's New Warrior Code. And it tells about how we all struggle with fierce personal battles, no matter how invincible we seem on the outside. And these are the toughest fights of all. It was great to hear Dwayne talk about that. 
But Men's Health is only one of so many magazines that I read. I don't know about you, but there are a lot of things I want to know about, and I can't find out about all of them from just one source. So I'm always checking out different magazines like Esquire, Sports Illustrated, or Wired. Hey, I even look at Vogue and Cosmo sometimes just to get the lowdown on what the other side is up to. There's so many secrets in there. And there's so many magazines we've all come to trust. Well, thank God for Next Issue. What's Next Issue? Well, it's every magazine you could possibly want at your fingertips for one low monthly subscription fee. It's amazing. Next Issue gives me instant, unlimited access to the world's top titles on my tablets and iPhones. All the stories, news, and photos from the most relied upon sources I could ask for. Sports, entertainment, fashion, news, travel, and any other subject I'm craving. And it's all enriched through exclusive videos and slideshows and web experiences. It's actually pretty incredible. Next Issue has the top titles for all my interests, for all your interests. Are you into sports? Well, there's ESPN, the magazine, Sports Illustrated, Backpacker, Ski, Surfer, and plenty more. Are you into fashion? There's Allure, Vogue, Elle, Cosmo, and 19 others. Are you into entertainment like me? Well, there's dozens of choices, from People Magazine to Rolling Stone to U.S. Weekly. And there's plenty of other top-notch reads like National Geographic, Consumer Reports, a longtime personal fave of mine, and Food and Wine. Everything you want. Next Issue delivers all the content, too. You get everything that's in the print editions on the same day they hit newsstands. The same day. And there's lots of interactive features, videos, and photos. Your favorites can be enjoyed in the moment or downloaded to be read offline later. I don't know about you, but that's how I like everything now. I want my radio like that with a podcast. I want my television and movies like that. And I want my magazines like that too. When I want them, I want to read them. And it couldn't be easier to search the entire catalog of magazines offered and find exercise tips, trip ideas, top stories, whatever you want and need. You don't got to read the entire magazine, just the articles you want. Next Issue is an incredible value. One subscription gets you so many magazines for as little as $10 per month. You heard me, $10 a month. You pay that for one magazine subscription. And you can use it on up to five devices. So it's so easy to share with others. So have I sold you on Next Issue yet? I should have. You can get your free 30-day trial at nextissue.com slash Snyder. That's S-N-I-D-E-R now. And you can read up way up on all your interests. Nextissue.com slash Snyder. Do it. Check out this week's episode of The Big Podcast with Shaq as the Diesel catches up with the one and only Kim Kardashian. Well, you look happy, Kanye. Look happy. Congratulations on the baby. Hope he's a young, healthy, beautiful, sexy baby boy, just like your husband. Kim, your family's been very, very publicly in the spotlight with everything going on around Caitlyn Jenner. Yeah, you know what? It's definitely an adjustment. I think what we've learned in life through everything that we've been through is happiness is everything. And we're just really happy that she can be herself. The Big Podcast with Shaq. That's me. It's up right now at podcast1.com. That's podcastone.com. Welcome back to Snyder Comments. Uh, I'm Dee Snyder, of course. And uh, so, do you have friends, good friends, who there are certain subjects 
that you avoid discussing with them because you disagree vehemently on these subjects. Yet, you remain friends with them. They're good friends. There's a famous saying that, you know, never at parties, never discuss politics, religion, or sports. And I have great friends, best friends, who I disagree with vehemently on some of those subjects. And if those subjects were or do come up, it gets ugly. So I never bring those subjects up. All right? I'm uh, sports. I've got friends who come from, I'm from New York, and I support New York teams. I have friends who come from cities that are very anti-New York teams. We have never, matter of fact, we've never argued about, we've never spoken about the subject of our teams. We both wear baseball hats favoring our teams who are bitter enemies. And we have never made a comment because to each other uh, to discuss it because we both know it would probably be the end of our friendship and we have a gr- and we have a great friendship i've got great friends who um i enjoy spending so much time with uh and 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 we i socialize with and my wife and i socialize with uh and we travel with um Their political positions are so extremely opposite of mine. We never discuss the subject because it would be the demise of a great friendship. Now, is that wrong? I'm asking you. Do you you have that situation as well? People where you just know there's certain subjects you don't talk about. And I'm not talking, you know, so I, I and, and for anybody out there who's you know, going to go extreme and go, well, let's say if your friend's a murderer and you're prote- ignoring the fact that he's a murderer. All right. We're not talking about that. We're talking about political, religious, or sports, sports, people get crazy about sports, sports beliefs that differ from your own. Subjects people are passionate about and feel strongly about that could cause harsh words to be said, as as these subjects will bring up, that could uh, it, could irreparably damage your relationship. I have those relationships. I have those friends. I have those people in my life, and quite honestly, I know. Their beliefs, I disagree with them, but I treasure them as friends. So neither of us, either side, gets into it. Am I alone here? I don't think I am. I think everybody, I think most people have those things. 
Because, boy, nothing can separate people faster than politics, sports, or religion. Nothing can divide us more quickly. And these are and, and these are important subjects, but a lot of times I think I think they can really get in the way of a great friendship. Why am I talking about this? This week, I'm over in Europe, you know, and the major and you know I'm on vacation, so I'm not wallowing in news because I'm in vacation mode, but I'm, you know, I'm paying attention. The biggest thing over here in Europe is the, is, is Greece and the Euro. You know, that's what's got everybody on edge and everybody worried the whole, you know, I'm traveling mostly in Euro countries and even the ones that aren't part of the, uh, the European uh, union or whatever it's called community, they still, they're affected if, you know, by this, it's a very, you know, tr- Europe is so much smaller than the United States. It's like, and the countries are the size of states. So, you know, you're traveling from country to country, but think of it in terms of they're they're really like states next to each other. And, you know, just as New York's not far from Pennsylvania or Massachusetts or Pennsylvania from Ohio and so on and so forth, these countries feel that proximity. They feel how close they are to their neighbors. And even though they're different countries, as opposed to states where you share a common currency, share a government, and things like that, they still um, they, they have different languages, but they still very much feel the proximity of their neighbors and the effect of their neighbors. All right? So I'm traveling around here. The Greece thing is just the only thing everybody's really talking about. But I... Open up my Twitter feed because I'm, I'm, I'm tweeting and whatever. And uh, the other day, and all of a sudden, um, I'm seeing a deluge of comments about Donald Trump and we're not going to take it. Donald Trump, um, apparently, I say apparently because I didn't witness it myself, used we're not going to take it at the end of one of his campaign stops. People immediately um, assume that A, uh, Twisted Sister and I approved the, uh, the use, and B, we agree. Now, to put this in perspective, virtually every sports team plays we're not going to take it at sporting events. There are many I wish would not. Being a proud New Yorker, even though I don't live there anymore, but still I'm born and raised, um, there are you know teams that are mortal enemies of New York teams. And when they play, we're not going to take it, and I see it watching a game, and they play it because their team is down by a couple of points, especially when they're playing one of my teams, I am literally screaming at the television, get your own song, get your own song. Like I'm screaming at the TV, all right? But the point of we're not going to take it, the spirit of we're not going to take it, was I was writing a song that was very personal to me. It was about my parent, my father, and about my bosses and my teachers and the pe- kids in school and people around me, the naysayers in my life. But 
rather than write very specific lyrics, I wrote very generalized lyrics. Lyrics that could could apply to anything and anybody. Uh, famously, I'm not sure if it was Rolling Stone or The Village Voice, um, the review of We're Not Gonna Take It when the song came out was What From Whom? Three words. It's like that spinal tap, shit sandwich, you know. What from whom? Ew, so clever, so droll, you know. Uh, you know, and, and the point, that was exactly the point. It was for you, the listener, to put your situation into the song and connect with it, how it worked for you. And over the years, we're not going to take it as being used uh, you know, uh, like I said, sporting events, political rallies, um, you know, uh, I, I've seen all any kind of protest, um, seen plenty of protests for all kinds of things, both sides of the fence. Everybody, the, the song has been used uniformly and for that exact reason, that people can put their situation into the song. It's a catchy tune and everybody sings it. And to me... That is the spirit of the song. Now, there have been two occasions, two occasions where Twisted Sister has, and, and Dee Snyder, have uh, put their foot down and publicly stated, we don't want you using our song. We don't want you, um, we don't want... Uh, and I, you know, and, and there's a situation where I don't know if you can actually say, I don't want you using a song, but it certainly can say, can't stop them, but it could, I can object. We can object and say, we don't endorse this person. And there's been a wide range, every side of the aisle, um, as far as politics goes, every team, um, every, every, uh, any, any protest, excuse me, protest. Um, we've never objected, except twice. Once, John Rocker. Remember John Rocker, the closer for the Atlanta Braves? He used I Want to Rock as his battle cry. He used to come out on the field I Want to Rock, which I thought was the coolest thing. And I actually um, met John and Rocker, and, um, and he was a big fan and uh, he was really shining a light on the song. This was going back into the late 90s, 99, 2000, somewhere around there. And then um, I'm refreshing your memory. You may not remember him or whatever. An article, because he was so hot. He was the hottest uh, closer and uh, pitching pitcher. And um, he, uh, an article came out in, uh, in Sports Illustrated magazine, which showed he was a, a racist, uh, a bigot. Anti-gay, anti-New York, anti-pretty much everything Twisted Sister uh, was supportive of. Okay, everything Twisted Sister was not, I should say. Uh, you, know what I'm, you know what I mean here. And I actually had John's phone number, and I called him. And I said, John Rocker, this is. I said, I said John, and I got his voicemail. I was sure his phone was blowing up. I said, dude... You put me in a real weird position here. Um, I'm sure you've got a side to this because the media is crazy. I said, call me, give me something because my band 
and I want to denounce your use of I want to rock because we don't, uh, you know, because you, you've got, you really go against everything we stand for. He trashed, again, New York. He tra- trashed, uh, uh, you know, all ethnicities and uh, Jews, blacks. I don't, I was, it was crazy. It was a crazy article. John Rocker doesn't call me back. Twisted Sister makes a public statement that we decry his use of our song and we don't want him using it. And um, he stops using it. And his career takes a shit. And I'm not saying it's just the song or whatever, but uh, things went horribly wrong for him. And, you know, the, and the thing about John Rocker, and I'll tell you, is a long time later, our paths cross. And I'm like, dude, what the fuck? He goes, D, he goes, I lost your number. I said, you lost my number. It was in the phone. He goes, I deleted it. And, you know, and I, I couldn't, I didn't call you back. He goes, and he explained his side. And he talked about how this writer had set him up. And, you know, and I, if there's any follow-up on the John Rocker story, it was that he's, he, he wasn't a bigot. He has a, historically, there was plenty of evidence that he was nothing of the sort. And he was, uh, he, the, the writer was hanging around with him for a full week. And during that time, he got really comfortable together and started goofing around, as guys do, making jokes about stuff and making, making racist jokes. People do it. They're not racists. Okay, making gay comments, making, you know, New York comments, whatever uh, comments making. But he, he thought it was like two buds hanging around, just, just goofing around and making fun of shit. Well, the writer was on a mission, and the writer took that stuff and destroyed John Rocker's career. So th- that, was the John, that was the one time John Rocker. The other time was Paul Ryan. Paul Ryan came out. Uh, uh, a t- I was going to say a tea bagger. <laughs> He's a tea partier. <laughs> hey, he might be a tea bagger. I don't know. I'm not saying I heard anything. I'm not making an accusation. Um, so, uh, and, and he came out and he was using We're Not Going to Take It as Battle Cry. And this guy, politically, morally, spiritually, with the exception of the use of P90X, which we both endorse, I, there's nothing I agree with this guy on. Nothing. All right. And, and, and I, you know, and I am to, a, to my core pro-choice of, on every level, not selectively pro-choice. I'm pro-people having the right to choose. Uh, by the way, for the record, pro-amendments. All of the amendments, the first, the second, all the amendments, they were put there for a reason. It's not a Chinese menu. Choice is not a Chinese menu. Pick and choose what you want and choose for others what they're going to have. And uh, same goes for the amendments. It's not a pick and choose situation. So I'm a supporter of all those things. Paul Ryan Anti-choice. The first line of my song, I wrote the song, we're not going to take it. We've got the right to choose and we've got the right to choose. What didn't he get? What did he miss about the message of my song? 
So I came out publicly and denounced. I didn't say he couldn't use a song. I denounced his use of the song. Um, and he, uh, his response was, we're not going to play it. And they stopped using it, which worked just fine for me. Now, people are asking me, where do I stand with Donald Trump's use of the song? This brings me back to the beginning, the very beginning of the conversation. Donald Trump and I are friends. After spending two and a half seasons on uh, The Apprentice, The Celebrity Apprentice, um, being involved in charitable events with the Trump family, uh, getting to know uh, the Trump kids, getting to know the Trump family, we are friends. And like many of my friends, we may differ on certain subjects that we don't talk about. Religion, politics, and sports, the big three. Um, I've, I came onto the Celebrity Apprentice expecting not the man I got to know, Donald Trump. There's the, pers- there's the public persona. And then there's the man when the cameras are off. And the man when the cameras are off is very gracious, very welcoming, uh, self-deprecating, thoughtful. Um, and, and, and here's a big one for me. You know, my wife and I, we always say, if you want to know us, meet our kids. If you want to know who we are, what we are. You can look at us, you can watch, listen to my songs and watch me perform or whatever, but you really want to know us, meet Jesse, Shane, Cody, and Cheyenne. And then judge us. Because they are, they, 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 they show who we are and what we are. The people that we've raised, the values we've instilled in them. If you're cool, if you like them, then then you'll know, then you can like, uh, you'll like us. You'll know who we are. Well, with that same, with that same uh, guide, I look at other people. And when I got to know Ivanka, Don Jr., Eric, the Trump children, they're adults, but they're, they're, they're children, and saw what intelligent, kind, thoughtful, um, warm, People, they are. It endeared me to Donald Trump, Mr. Trump, as we call him, or he's, he's like the Mr. T of his generation, even more. Um, because I look and said, all right, I had this perception of Donald Trump from TV. I've now spent time with his family, and I've seen the children he raised. And let's, let's remember Ivana's in there, his ex-wife. Uh, certainly somebody did something right. Somebody did something very right. But because these children of theirs are great people. And as a father, knowing the effect that my wife and I have had on our children, I know it comes from the father and the mother and the values they instilled. So this endears me to Donald Trump even more. It does not mean I agree with his stance on a lot of things. 
But like I said, we're friends. So now, this is where the issue gets a little weird because he uh, is running for president, something I was kind of surprised he actually did. I used to think, you know, I often said he's, he's, the, uh, he's uh, you know, the, the supreme showman. And I used to think that the whole um, I'm going to run for president thing was a way of bringing attention to the celebrity apprentice. But this time, the celebrity apprentice season was over, and he announced his interest, and me and Benjamin were talking to going, I think he's going to do it this time. And sure enough, he did. And true to form, he does not sugarcoat anything. He speaks his mind. He does not double talk. And he doesn't back down. And in a world that's filled with double talkers and people who backpedal and people who sugarcoat, it's oddly refreshing, even if you disagree with him, which I do on a lot of things. It's nice to see someone who stands for his beliefs and doesn't pretend that he doesn't believe what he truly believes in this world and this society. Again, emphasizing, I don't agree with everything he stands for. But now people are saying to me, all right, now, mind you, and this, this gets very complicated, I don't actually control when I can take it. The publishing company does. The publishing company, uh, Universal Publishing, the publishes the songs, they have control over the song. They're the ones who decide if a commercial if, if, uh, is going to use it or not, or, or, or usage. Uh, me and his sister can say we approve or don't approve publicly, but we actually can't stop them. But the Trump organization requested usage from Universal, and I know that Universal told them no. Uh, Universal Publishing said they didn't want any political party using the song. Uh, in the past, some have. But Universal has taken a position, uh, and there's other, by, by the way, there's other politicians using we're not going to take it. It's a perfect song for anybody's position, right, left, center, anywhere. It's the ultimate statement of, uh, of rebellion and of, of refusal to accept the norm. So there's a lot of people out there using it already. It's just that Donald Trump is getting a lot more attention. A letter was sent to the Trump organization saying that they did not have permission to use the song um, and that it basically not, uh, was not like a personal thing, just that no political party was being given the rights to use. We're not going to take it for their political position. I think the publishers feel in this at this time, in this uh, political environment and the, the, the volatility of politics these days, they didn't want to see the song assigned to any particular side. And they wanted and, and they want to keep the song pristine in that fashion. Well, Donald Trump and his organization decided they were using it anyway. Um, Eric Trump told me that uh, he was pretty sure that they were in their rights to use it as long as they paid, uh, you know, whatever the, the, the this license is. It is not licensing fees. It's just uh, like it, it, I'm, this is like an overriding um, fees that you play when you use a song in a public place. Uh, it's not for commercial use, but if you play it like at, a, at Yankee Stadium, they pay fees for using any of the songs they play during the games. Back in black, whatever's used, there's like a, it's not hugely expensive. It's just, it's a, it's a fee paid to organizations called ASCAP, CSAC, uh, BMI. You've seen these names. They collect performance royalties. So the Trumps decided to use the song anyway. Where does that leave me and Twisted Sister? Well, Twisted Sister does not endorse uh, the Trumps or any political party right now. Twisted Sister is not, well, I don't think we've ever backed, as, as individuals we have, but collectively we've never backed uh, any politician or any political party. And does not, it does not represent our beliefs. So people who are using the song, like I said, well, if it's a sporting event, it doesn't mean we're a fan of uh, the Atlanta Braves. If the Atlanta Braves play, we're not going to take it. 
They're just playing. We're not going to take it. And it has no reflection on our personal uh, sports teams that we like. Okay? We're, we're New Yorkers, so you can imagine the teams that we like. My people are saying, so are you going to – because with the recent uh, – with Trump's recent uh, harsh words and inappropriate words about the Mexican people, uh, and over the top, quite honestly – um, people say, are you going to denounce him using it? And here is, in lies the problem. This, I was telling you about being your friends. It's not that they're friends. It's that you know them. And you know them as people. And you know what they are and who they are. And Donald Trump is not a bigot. I know that spoke inappropriately and I and and you know and uh you know and sensationally about the Mexican people and how many Mexican people are working in his various organizations uh it's unbelievable good people working I'm stunned that he could say that but it's very difficult for me to outright denounce my friend knowing the person he is and knowing the people and knowing the family they are um, and knowing them for real. So, as of right now, sitting here in Europe, uh, trying to figure out how I'm handling this situation, I'm hoping that uh, Donald Trump makes his position much clearer to people uh, and understands uh what he really means, uh, even though he's a straight talker, and he may say, that's what I really mean. Um, like I said, knowing the man, knowing the family, it's very hard for me to outwardly denounce them because I know what they really are about and who they really are. Um, Stand by for updates on that, though, because at some point I may be discovering, again, you talk about the subjects that you never talked about. Well, I may be discovering those subjects we didn't talk about. You know, we never really conversed on race and, uh, you know, and and ethnicity and uh, religion and beliefs, uh, you know, on that level. So maybe I missed something. Maybe he's a, a really nice racist. I don't know. So uh, I'll be watching this more closely and figuring out my position. Let it be clear, I am endorsing no political candidate. Um, I, I definitely am not endorsing Donald Trump. I don't agree with his worldview when it comes to politics. I do not. I'm way more uh, socially liberal. And like I said, pro-choice, pro-amendments. Pro uh, we agree on some things. We don't agree on other things. So, uh, right, so I have not taken a political position. I have not endorsed a party. Uh, and I'm not at this point denouncing anybody either. So uh, stand by. All right, going to take a break, come back. And I want to talk a little bit about my recent da- single, download, single, To Hell and Back, and uh, the social media reaction and response to it. So stick around for more Snyder comments. 
Hey, this is Dee Snyder for True Car. Now, everybody's talking about transparency these days. It's a word you hear a lot because people expect it. So when making a big purchase, say like buying a new car, don't you want and expect... So when making a big purchase, say like buying a new car, don't you want and expect a transparent buying process, a process that gives you the confidence to know if you're getting a fair deal? To really understand the power of transparency, you need to check out True Car and True Car's mobile app. With True Car, not only can you configure the car you want and how you want it, but you can see what others actually paid for the same car you're looking for down to your zip code. So you know what you can expect to pay for the car you want. Pretty transparent, right? And once you decide on the car you want, you can lock in guaranteed savings on average over three grand off MSRP. That's pretty righteous. Then you're connected with a trusted True Car certified dealer that will honor your savings without negotiation. So when you're ready for a new, transparent car buying experience, save time, save money, and never overpay. Download the True Car app today. On this week's big podcast with Shaq, is Shaq a helicopter sports dad like Diddy? In a few years, Sharif will have his opportunity to play college ball. Don't tell me that Shaq's going to end up being like Diddy. Going after a coach and going out in handcuffs at practice. You know what? I don't believe the media most of the time. Speculation. However, if somebody disrespects my son, I'm going to have to also get arrested. Any form of disrespect was going on, I'd probably have to go see the coach. Oh, man. I'd probably have to go see the coach. You get arrested, this show gets canceled. Listen, I I know Ray Donovan. We'll be out in five minutes. The Big Podcast with Shaq. That's me. It's up right now at podcast1.com. That's podcastone.com. Welcome back to Snyder Comments. So this past week, or I guess it's a week ago, I'm, I'm a little loosey-goosey when it comes to time while I'm traveling around and uh, on vacation. But I released my first new track, real, actual new track, uh, in single format in over two decades as a solo artist. To Hell and Back is the name of the song. Co-written with uh, Nick Perry, my guitar player for my solo stuff, and uh, who worked with Silvertide and Shine Down and Perry Farrell. Great guitar player, great young guitar player. I've often said um, I, I'm not uninspired to write new material. I wrote all the twisted material by myself. Well, uh, Nick sent me some tracks, and I found inspiration. I've also also often said that there is no interest or little interest in new music from old bands, old artists. And I have refused to do new music because it falls on deaf ears, in my opinion. It um, has no outlet at radio, no outlet on television, gets no media coverage. It's, it's, it's new news from old guys. And audience-wise... The majority of the audience just wants to hear the old hits. That's what they want to hear. So I have avoided for decades creating new music. And mind you, after the demise of Twisted Sister, I created a lot of new music with Desperado, an ill-fated project that got shelved and broke my heart when Electro Records shelled it and killed the band, and it's a much longer story. Widowmaker had two independent records um, that you know didn't happen. Uh, and, uh, you know, so I did a lot of writing 
uh, before I finally lost heart and stopped. So to Helen back is not breaking any new ground. It's it's not new news. It's you know it's it's a uh, uh, it's well you got a younger guitar player, young guitar player, uh, writing stuff. So there's a little bit of influence, but he's very Nick Perry is very much a Zeppelin, ACDC guy, uh, and you know, and I'm writing from the '80s. So you know, what do you expect? You got a, an old guy with a with a kid who is uh, retro oriented. So you're gonna get an old sounding track and. So be it. I mean, I wasn't trying to make break ground with this track. But given the new marketplace and given the way things are, I said, we, we had no record company. I said, let's just put it out there as a free download, make it available to people. I'm doing solo shows with my solo band. The solo band played on the track. We'll have a new song to play at the events. And hopefully it's free. People will download it and they'll actually know the song when we go to play it. You know, uh, there's no money in it, but this is a new world. And, uh, you know, uh, and, uh, but I'm also saying, let to myself, and I'm saying it to you guys now too, let's see what interest there is in new music. Am I wrong? Now, and not that I think the song is the greatest thing since sliced bread, I think it's a, it's a great rock song. Is it, you know, is it the greatest song in the world? I don't think, I mean, I mean, I'm not being critical of the song. I'm just saying, it, I think it's a great song. But uh, it's not reinventing the wheel. Uh, is it a we're not going to take it? I don't, or I want to rock? I don't think so. But it's solid. It rocks. And I thought people would like it. Well, here's some information. Uh, okay. Here's a free song, free, on my website where it was initially offered. Um, of all the people who went to my website to get it, um, half of the people who listened to it downloaded it. Okay, I figure Dee Snyder website people are more of your of, of your fans. So... Half of them went to get it. On SoundCloud, I think it's called SoundCloud, of the, a lot more people went to SoundCloud, listened to it. 0.001%. No, no, zero, zero. Now, I think 1% of the people listened to it at SoundCloud. 50% on my website downloaded it. 1% downloaded it. So I'm guessing they didn't care for it. They didn't care enough to download a free song. Free! So now I don't know how to read this information in uh, interpret it yet. Because this is a new world. I mean, if we put it in terms of the old days, certainly the first week a song, a record came out, people didn't judge the sales the first week by and say, oh, it's a hit, it's a failure. Hell, 
with most songs, first week uh, the song comes out, uh, you know, Welcome to the Jungle would have been a failure. I mean, most rock songs, you know, don't do squat the first week. It takes time for people to get turned on to it, become aware of it. Also, you know, people listening to the song, uh, you know, online before deciding if they want to download it, free or not, well, that's got to compare to how many people hear a song on the radio then would actually go out and buy it. So if you liken it to that, you know, the 1% who uh, downloaded the song at SoundCloud, SoundCloud um, you know, is, you know to, to all the people who listened to it, sampled it, is that very similar to all the people who hear a song on the radio, how many people actually go out and buy it? You know, so um, the verdict on that is is really out. So um, I you know I'm watching, I'm seeing. I've got more music. I'm curious. Uh, you know, in this is is how this is going to react. How moving forward is it? Something people are going to like? Is there something there? Um, or is it something that you know is a is is a as a test is a failure? Or and am I and am I absolutely right about the whole concept of new music from old bands. So that remain, this remains to be seen. But, honey, let me bring my computer in here for this now. I want to comment about social media. Um, Ultimate Classic Rock Magazine which or a website which is very supportive of the things I work on and I and I really appreciate them. I'm just off mic a little bit here, so I apologize. Um, they on their Facebook page, they put a, posed a question: Tell us what you think of D. Snyder's new track. And the comments came in, uh, and some you know. Uh, some were now. I I really should uh, you know I'm not really a Facebook guy, so I can't uh, tell what uh, how this all works. Um, you know, like is it uh, uh, when you see the postings? The most recent one, I guess, is a reaction to the previous ones, right? So, in this particular page, when I open it up, and I got ninety four or five, the arrow. Um, coming to my defense, this, this says, this says to me, all right, all right, hold on, D. Now, I don't pay attention to this crap as a rule, but here I was curious, this is a, this is a test here. So, you know, uh, thank you, D's a hero, whatever you think of his music. He had the guts to take on the U.S. Senate when most of his contemporaries chose to remain silent over the album censorship issue. Here, here, thank you. Uh, 94.5, The Arrow, for defending my honor. Now, I have to scroll down to see what they're defending. So you got Jennifer Jennifer Maynez, M-A-E-N-Z-A. Um, her review of my song is, I think he's a pompous, cocky ass. Now, if you ask what do you think of D. Snyder as a person, um, fair enough. The question was, what do you think 
of these new songs. Yet Jen, as they get a chance to, to take a shot at me in the dark. Uh, you know, and then they go down and people like, you know, people, uh, uh, you know, freaking rock and roll will never die. Uh, not bad. His voice will always be twisted to me. Uh, here's, you know, Anthony Suerto Sardo says he needs to throw in the towel. You know, fair enough. If you uh, if you're listening to, uh, if you're listening, you know, if you listen to the track and that was your opinion, at least it seems like it's an opinion. I don't know if the guy even listened to the track and is just offering his overall opinion on me, period. Uh, Bruce Walker uh, says, uh, Sarah Jessica Parker is looking dog rough these days. Cheap shot at Sarah. Uh, and uh, he's a comment on my photograph, not the song itself. Um, and then Robert Casasalo Casa, Casa, Sanoja. Jesus Christ, with a face, that face, I easily go to hell and stay there. And ha, 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 written J-A-J-A-J-A, meaning he comes from Spain. <laughs> All right. Now, he has a picture. I can click on it and look at the picture. And this guy, you know, you figure if someone's going to be Talking about, first of all, the question was, I'm reminding the question, the question was, what do you think of the song? This guy comments on my looks. Now, if you're going to be commenting on looks, you figure you should have been at least, a, first, nobody should be commenting on anybody's looks, but I expect when I click on the picture to see some, you know, fashion model. This guy's butt ugly. Butt ugly. But I guess he is in the position, one who knows. Um, uh, you know, then it sounds like Alice Cooper with a head cold. Uh, I like the beat. It's good to dance to. Thanks, Ch- Chuck Montera. Um, you know, some mockery. Wow, D really stretching the boundaries there uh, from Ecule Anadi. Uh, this one I really like. I've seen this quite a few times. Michael uh, Korsich. Uh, sound, D sounds a little like in the beginning like Danzig. I've seen this a few times. Since when did uh, did sounding like Jim Morrison become sounding like Danzig? People, Emperor's New Clothes, Ian Asbury, and Glenn Danzig are completely ripping off Jim Morrison's vocal style. Completely. They are just doing a Jim Morrison impersonation. Ian Asbury's is so good, in fact, that he actually went and sang for the Doors. Because they heard him and said, hey, he sounds like Jim. He does. So I'm not sounding like Danzig. I will admit I was going for a little bit of a, a Jim Morrison vibe. Let's not forget who begat who, okay? Uh, it's uh, J- uh, Danzig sounds like Jim Morrison, not uh, Jim Morrison sounds like Glenn Danzig, okay? Let's just keep it, get that straight. Um, now, there's one here. And I'm looking for it because it particularly, uh, uh, you know, here's Derek Martinez. Sounds a little like the cult to me. There's that reference to Ian Asbury sounding like Jim Morrison. Um, You know, uh, contrive here. Jeffrey Todd Nielsen, contrive crap just like the rest of his catalog. It's always nice to meet a fan. Uh, (laughs) 
Um, uh, thank you, Zed Lep, for uh, looks pretty good for an old dude. I'm worried. Oh, here, here, Rod Estep. D is an asswipe. Again, the question was, what do you think of the song? Oh, here's one. Fucktard. First of all, what is a fucktard? And what kind of record review is fucktard? All right, people, listen. There's a great, there's a, uh, um, Jay and Silent Bob Strike Back. One of the great scenes in the history of filmmaking is when Jay and Silent Bob actually track down one of these people online and go door to door and beat the piss out of these people who write this shit in the dark. You hopeless pussies are out there. God help you in your sad little lives. That all you've got to do in your you've got the that you've got the time to answer make Facebook comments that aren't even just to take pot shots at people in the dark. And I know I'm not the only one. I know you're not singling me out. I know it's what makes your life, your world go round. All right. So God help you. God bless you. Um, I, and, uh, and, uh, and, and, and now I have the word fucktard to add to my vocabulary. I'm actually pretty, I've used it quite a few times. Um, when I was a young kid, I was called a shithead. And that really shook me as a young kid when some older kid called me a shithead. Uh, fucktard is the shithead of, uh, of the 2000s to me. So uh, I have now been called a fucktard. I have arrived. All right. That's all the Snyder comments this week. Uh, if you haven't checked out To Hell and Back, please do. Uh, it's available for free as a download. Free. Okay? It, it doesn't get cheaper than free. And, and really, I'm deciding whether or not I'm going to, uh, you know, do anything else with new music based on uh, the reception of this. Is it worth, you know, is it worth doing it? I want to waste my time. I want to waste your time. Oh, and in coming shows, I think I've figured out the solution. Well, at least it starts the solution to fixing the recording industry. I was being interviewed, and uh, I think I came up with the answer. But I can't. There's no time to tell you that now. You have to wait for that on another episode of Snyder Comments. <laughs>